0: The music mean one means one thing. It's a funky Friday, such as Friday. It's Funky Friday. Sports talk. We go to six o'clock tonight, and we have so much goodness for you. I'm Scott Beatty, along with Evan Kahn. Thank you for being with us. As a reward for being with us, we're gonna play Two Out of Three next hour. So uh, be ready to be a be a participant or a contestant on Two Out of Three, and a chance for you to win. If you're up and up on your sports knowledge, current events, all that good stuff. Brian Barnhart also going to come in here with us for the Illini Notebook as we do on Fridays before he jets up to Madison, Wisconsin for a pretty, pretty, pretty big football game tomorrow at 11 a.m. between the Illini and the Badgers. Next hour, Matt Daniels is coming in. We'll also visit with Scott Ritchie, Illinois basketball, getting some uh, significant recruiting news today. And uh, we'll visit a bit with Janet Rayfield, Illinois soccer coach, check in with Colin Likas and Joey Wright in Muhammad as they prepare for the high school football game of the week that will be on Light Rock 97.5. Muhammad and Quincy Notre Dame on these airwaves at uh, 7 o'clock, Illinois volleyball hosting Purdue. In a top 25 matchup, so you'll want to also, I don't know, pick both one or the other and, or switch between or, or have two radios going, what, whatever you want to do. Anyway, it's a busy Friday. We like it that way. Now, why is Matt Daniels coming in actually for all of the second hour? Because you, Evan Kahn, are about to go have a fun weekend.
1: Yes, sir. It's it's going to be a great weekend as far as sports go. You you listed off a, a number of the events both here locally for for the Illini and college and national as far as football and all that. But yes, I have a, a very important wedding to go to this weekend. Two of my favorite people are, are getting married. Uh, my friend Krista, who I've known since I was three, and all this I, I can't even begin to tell you all the stories that we've got. And uh, I'm I'm. I'm guessing I'm an usher because I'm kind of Switzerland as far as the, the <laughs> wedding goes because I'm also very good friends with, with the groom as well. We so this, if you were ushering
0: yourself and you would say friends of the bride or the groom, you'd be like, yes. Mm-hmm. So... So this is not two weddings. This is one wedding with two people that are important to you. That, did you know them independent of each other?
1: Yeah, yeah. And we all ended up running around together towards the end of high school and over the last decade or, or so. And they're the the two of the friends group who who ended up together. You know oh. how that goes. Uh,
0: sometimes this has happened to me in my life. Did you sense that they would get married before they sensed that they would
1: get married? Um, I don't. It's... Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. They've been they've been dating most of the time that we've all known each other, so it, it didn't take long. But yeah, it's okay. it, it's been a, a long time coming.
0: Were you a matchmaker in this at all?
1: No. Okay. No, it was just kind of organic.
0: My brother-in-law, I introduced my sister to him and him to my sister, but not in a matchmaking way, but just more in a, hey... I know K- you, this is this you. Person, this, yes, yeah. I know this person. I knew them both. Obviously, I knew my sister, but I knew. Well, that's not always obvious, but I did know my sister before uh, she knew him, and mm-hmm. and and I knew him before she, he knew her. And I introduced them, and now they're you know married, kids, and all that stuff, and I've got wonderful niece and nephew from from them. So, uh, but I kind of sensed something was up there yeah. uh, before they would acknowledge it. So yeah. I always you know, kind of. And I, I got some other friends too, where I I literally asked. I said, "Is there something going on between you two?" And they said, um, "No, no, we're just <laughs> friends." Well, they're married with kids, and they uh, they resurrected Royal Donut over there in Danville. My friends oh. Sam and Rachel George. So you know, if you ever stop by Royal Donut or Mad Goat Coffee, uh, I, I I called it.
1: There we go. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny you bring that up because I the weekend that i met my sister's husband who they've been married now five years or whatever the weekend i went home to meet him was about the weekend that that krista and talon matched up so you know it all comes full circle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think usher would be a good gig yeah a little bit less pressure but still most of the fun yeah i've been an usher in all my sister's weddings now and we've had a, a great time at the first two so i can't imagine this one will be any different what's better being an usher or an usher album Ooh! Now the first album I ever had was an Usher album, so that that's a tough choice. <laughs> really? Yeah, Confessions.
0: I also, uh, uh, I, I was also very proud of speaking in this vein. Very proud of my mother, who knows who Lizzo is. Yeah. Uh, my mom's.
1: Everybody f- knows who Lizzo
0: is. Yeah, nowadays. yeah. But but you know, my mom's a flute player, oh. and 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 still plays to this day, and. Um, uh, it was well aware of Lizzo's news this week playing a crystal flute owned by James Madison mm-hmm. and, and how she showed off that. So it th- I thought that was pretty cool. Like, my mom knows, knows who Lizzo is. <laughs> that's the,
1: that's a superstar test. Does yeah. your mom know who, who they are? hmm
0: yeah, Well, yeah, that's right. If they transcend generations mm-hmm. like
1: they do. Yep.
0: Okay, uh, speaking of generations, uh, let's switch to the very young generation, the high schoolers. There's one that is saying he's going to come play basketball, not for Purdue, but instead for Illinois. It is, uh, draw, Lawhorn, get, the thing just, the, the thing just uh, went blank on me here, the screen. So. So, so I know there's a Lawhorn dash. Yeah, he's got
1: he's got a a great name. Gibbs it's, Gibbs got, Lawhorn I, is is, is, Gibbs his Law-Horn, la- is his last name. Okay. And, and reading on the articles, it looks like his full name is Draven, but he goes by Dre or something like that. But uh, yeah, six one combo guard. One time committed to Purdue. He actually plays high school ball down in Florida. I can't remember the. Academy, but it's one of those. famous. Verde. Yeah, it's one of those. I can remember his high school, but I can't remember his name. <laughs> famous ones that everybody goes to, but he, he's from the, the state of Indiana, decommitted, and sounds like Brad Underwood jumped right right on it after he, he decommitted and he took an official visit, what, just last week, right? The, the 22nd or, or so, and now he has committed and number two for the class of 2023.
0: He's uh, from Lafayette. Mm -hmm. and he's played high school now in three places he's also been in salt lake city uh among um, among the places Uh, well first he was in lafayette then he was in utah and now he's in florida Mm -hmm. and he's a 2023 so illinois everybody was antsy where the 2023 commits (laughs) well now he got two and they're both in the top 100 so because you also have imani Hansbury. So everybody can take uh, just just relax a little bit. <laughs> that the talent keeps coming into Illinois basketball. I, you know, who knows what it'll be, but uh, it's curious that as it's a, as a guard, uh, I wonder what the vision for him would be. Especially since Illinois feels good about the point guard position, but again, there are going to be freshmen this year, mm-hmm. the, the point is going to be run by a freshman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Period. So but I don't know what a combo guard means for the future, but Illinois will be replacing some wings after a year because
1: some of their wings are older. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. At least two guys are, are going to move on after the season. And we've seen Brad Underwood adjust yearly to, to what his roster is. And and maybe there will be more room for a, a guard next year. Shout out Tim Anderson. Once again, leading the, the charge on the recruit and not much of a, a letdown as far as that camp goes. And, and, in the recruiting classes you think they just added four guys right and you've got the transfer portal as well so how big can that 2023 class truly be I I can't remember exactly I think there's three scholarship seniors maybe not even that and they've already filled two of them and they're they're hoping that Zach Perrin will come in I don't know if next semester next fall and and fill out that other scholarship so kind of as it stands they're they're mostly locked up for for next year pending deep commitments, and guys going pro-transferring, all that.
0: By the way, uh, it looks like he was very uh, th- the new recruit here uh, in... Okay, is it Dre, but it's spelled D-R-A?
1: D-R-A, yeah, Y-V-N. Okay,
0: it, so Draven. or yeah. yeah. But when you shorten it, it looks like draw. A little bit. Okay, so Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn uh, it, it, it talked to on3.com. Which was under my radar, but again, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily your barometer of <laughs> social that's awareness.
1: Kids, that's where the kids go,
0: but it's the latest uh, sort of uh, 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 recruiting outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you got your two, four, seven, you got your rivals, you got some independent or you know uh, team based sites like Illini guys. Uh, and then and then this is the, the latest one on 3com I'll just be curious to see where that goes because the previous ones have all changed ownership over mm-hmm. the years and I've, and I've heard it's the same guy that starts one sells it then starts another one and then sells it and then this is his latest iteration
1: <laughs> so he's gonna build it up and somebody's gonna buy it here in the next year or two
0: yep anyway six foot 565 pound Dre Gibbs lawhorn by the way, four stars we give him four stars. That's pretty good. There's not a lot of five stars. No. Five stars are a little bit more prevalent percentage-wise, I think, than football five stars. Like, proportionally? Mm. Is that right or wrong?
1: Uh, That that I I don't know. I feel like five
0: stars are very rare in football.
1: Well, at least that we see here well, downstate Illinois.
0: Sightings of them are rare. <laughs> that's for
1: sure. Uh, given basketball class, you think back, Iowa was kind of on that teetering line and he was in the 30s. And that's that's about what it is usually for basketball, somewhere between 30 and 40 guys that they put as that five-star yeah. classification.
0: What else going on here this afternoon. Beautiful day for baseball everybody at Wrigley Field. The Cubs win. Cubs win over the Cincinnati Reds. The Cubs and the Reds are playing 6 games in a row to finish out the year. It's like a Texas League series. <laughs> but the Cubs get one today. They win it 6 to 1. Yan Gomes Yan Gomes, excuse me, goes 2 for 4. It's just the uh, the Cubs are, in terms of this year, meaningless baseball, but they keep winning here in the late season. So so that is uh, good to see for the Northsiders. And the Cardinals tonight mm-hmm. host their series against Pittsburgh, and the White Sox get to uh, enjoy sunshine in Santiago for a three-gamer <laughs> out there. Their final two games of this series will be here on our airwaves tomorrow night and Sunday afternoon after Illinois volleyball. Cardinals wondering, uh, the pitching questions continue, and I know Lauren brought this up, but Adam Wainwright, what's he going to, what's his role in the postseason with dead arm?
1: (laughs) And what do they do without him? This weekend is the, the big deciding factor. I looked, he's still slated to pitch for the Sunday game, as of now, I don't know if that's been updated or Ali has Mar- come out and said anything, but it's Flaherty, Montgomery, Wainwright this weekend, and, and you think just days-wise with the the series starting on Friday, this is kind of that tryout for who's going to be Game One starter because I, I can't imagine if Michaelis pitches on Monday that they would have him go again on Friday. So one of these thr- three guys is going to get that first game at, at Bush Stadium coming up on the 7th and if Wayne, I, I think if Wainwright's good for Sunday, that's the, the guy that they'll lean on. He's the veteran and, and, and whatnot. And it might depend on who they face. You, you've got the, the ability to go with a lefty if you've got a, a team that's left-handed dominant and really set the tone for that game one. But if Wainwright's good to go, I, I, I'm sure that's the guy that they'll probably want to go with. we okay, got some more
0: to get into here. Uh, we got some NFL drama to address. Oof. And then we we will also dive into the Illinois football game tomorrow. Brian's coming in for the Illini Notebook. Next hour, we'll play two out of three. Be ready to call us if you want to play. And, hey, shout-out to a Georgia listener, Marcus Rawls, tuning in today on a Funky Friday. Appreciate you wherever you are tuned to us
2: today. Back in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Join us following Saturday Sports Talk at 9 o'clock Illini game day on Saturday from Camp Randall Stadium, 11 o'clock kick, Illinois and Wisconsin, Big Ten football.
0: Looking forward to it tomorrow morning. Going to motor up there tonight to get ready for that kick at Camp Randall. Uh, Let's see. Yeah. We're obviously Cubs fans, but if you are not, I still encourage you to check out this video the Cubs tweeted this mm-hmm. morning as a thank you to their fans. It's just a really well-done video. using Obviously using a drone and some other neat effects, it's uh, an aerial tour flyby thing from starting over an L train on the way up to Wrigley, Through Murphy's Bar, around Wrigley Field, into (laughs) Wrigley Field, under Wrigley Field, into the clubhouse, onto the field. It's visually very good, and it's all done as a thank you to their fans. So well done, Cubs, and uh, anybody that's uh, in that video world, I think, would be impressed. I was impressed. I'm not a video guy, but I was impressed.
1: (laughs) Where they did not invest in the baseball operations over the last couple, three years. (laughs) They put it into the video production and Cubs production since they launched their YouTube channel a couple, three years ago. It's done some really cool stuff. And yeah, that was perfect. Getting ready for the last Friday 120 game up there at the Federal Landmark. The last time they wear those god-awful Wrigleyville jerseys, at least for this year, Uh, hopefully for forever. Uh, and, I don't mind the City Connect concept. They can redo it.
0: A lot of teams could redo it. Yes. A lot of teams could redo it. San Diego, uh, you look like a minor league <laughs> uh, promotional night. Mm-hmm. And, and and I don't get the Boston colors.
1: They're, yeah, they gave everybody colored pants, which... Uh, i am just not a fan of this isn't no, football no
0: i agree speaking of football did you catch any of a uh, thursday night game last night the <laughs>
1: controversy
0: is about well it's kind of twofold to a tongue of this is the more important con- controversy of should he have been in the game period mm-hmm. did did the dolphins and or the nfl uh skirt Precaution or protocols in having him play a game four days after it looked like he got his bell rung on a Sunday, but they said that was only a back issue. Um, okay, so that's the more concerning controversy. The secondary controversy is about Amazon itself and the, and the, and the, and the, and the choices the broadcast made. I don't know if you're – number one, they showed the replay a ton. The guy really got uh, slung down hard, and it, and it's hard to watch. Uh, So I I don't know where that line between – because I came late to it, so I didn't see it, and I admit there's the human nature part of me. I'm like, well, show me a replay, and they kind of didn't really show it again. Mm. But apparently in the moment they showed it many, many times, and there were people reacting like, I don't need to see this. I don't need to keep seeing this. So there's that part of it, and then Amazon didn't really – the broadcast didn't really talk about the supposed controversy of this whole thing at Mm. halftime. And why was he still playing? And then look what happened. And then finally in the third quarter, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet made a passing reference to it. And they delve more into it in postgame. So I don't know. The whole thing is just um, unsettling
1: that's a good word for it I I wrote on my notes did the NFL go back 40 years last night I that I saw James Boyd uh, used to be on the Illinois beat now on the Colts beat he said that he'd never seen something like that I've never seen a, a player react to a head injury like that it's scary it, it literally looked like something out of a horror movie the, the way to his hands were moving after he got slammed to the ground and we knew like you said going back to to Sunday the way he fell everybody's reaction to it it's like just something's not right with this and and he was wondering if he was in the concussion protocol the the whole week and they're like nope he's good to go and then that happens and then I hope it didn't happen but they say he flew back with the team which uh, as far as I know the number one thing about head injuries is you don't get on a plane afterwards and he definitely had something after yesterday's game. You can you can ignore what happened Sunday and say that it wasn't a concussion, but the, with the way he reacted yesterday, he's got to now have a concussion, and he's going to be out for a, an experi an extended period of time. Hopefully, it doesn't affect him long term for both his playing career and just his general health for as far as life going forward. We know all about CTE again. This isn't new news. We know all about concussion. So I I thought it was terrifying and. Amazon is, is is I think it was awful announcing put it on Twitter. They're in a tricky spot because we we know how NFL partners or if you listen to all the golf coverage you know how PGA partners act towards the the live and how NFL partners will act towards concussions. It's like if there's something bad we're not going to talk about it because that's not what we're paid to do. And, and they they it sounds like they corrected it in the post game, but that's I mean that's yeah that's at the forefront now you you can't just like slide past the fact that he was there were concerns going into the game and then the way that it, it went down
0: in Amazon's defense and the producer's defense I don't know if you go all in should he have been playing and look what happened on Sunday I mean the official word was he's cleared. He's good to play. It was a back thing. It was not a head thing. He's okay. What else do you have to go on unless you're a medical expert or really have something in front of you that says I doubt it. Well, I don't know P- that you, the you, PA has been not, saying
1: all week that they're they're looking into it. Yeah. So, yes. You mentioned that, you know. Yeah, the team's okay with it, but this organization of former and current players isn't okay with it. Yeah. They know. Yeah. They've got an idea of how these things work.
0: You're right. Then that context is important. You know, hey, people who played the game are concerned for him and questioned whether he should have been playing in this game at all. It remains, it's unknown at this point if the two injuries are related. Mm -hmm. The severity of this situation was. Was complicated or, uh, 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 you know, doubled or whatever by last Sunday's injury. But it's certainly, you know, first and foremost, you hope the guy's okay. And I don't know. I mean, again, I only saw like one quick replay. I I, I didn't, I didn't think the hit was really. It didn't draw a flag or anything. I don't think so. And I mean, it looked like that was an unnecessary.
1: Yeah, it was. It was just a a violent sack, and I don't. I don't know exactly who the player was, or or if he was quoted after the game. um, What he thought it wasn't a dirty play. I didn't think it it was. It was a a hard hit, and and that's just kind of football. But when you're going in with already a a scrambled brain, then yeah, that that hit can be a little harder than it was. In a in a much less serious
0: quote controversy and I, i'm curious where you land on this uh because awful on- announcing has been on this also but apparently last saturday during college football uh espn was peeling away for live look-ins on Aaron judges at bats mm-hmm. he ended up not hitting a game a record-tying home run but they're apparently planning to do this again tomorrow and and and, and people were upset uh that 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 this was happening and doing the split screen thing and maybe at key moments too in in, in football games. So put on your uh, network executive hat and tell me if, if ESPN should be split screening on college football tomorrow for Aaron judge at bats.
1: Well, my, I, I think my network hat is kind of similar to my, my regular hat in that this is history right so how can you ignore history yeah. it's week five of the college football season <laughs> how important is that play really and and it's an at bat, right it's a minute it's two minutes it's split screen i'm all for
0: it i i don't okay th- but if it's clemson north carolina state for example or whatever and you're a big clemson fan and this is a key moment aren't you aren't you like hey if i wanted to watch aaron judge i'd
1: change the channel sure yeah but, uh, yeah, I, I think as... I, I don't think... I, I'm with you. This I is history and important. And going back to the network executive, I don't think those fans are going to turn it off. Because what's their alternative, right? <laughs> you, <laughs> you, yeah, you got a captive audience, that's for sure. Like, w- w- you can't go find that game somewhere else. And if, if you're that invested in it, do you really want to switch to another game? So, I, I just say that, that you've got to put it on. I don't think it's going to drive viewers away and the The few folks that aren't gonna flip the channel to watch his at bats can say, "Hey, I remember when that happened because they gave him the split screen." Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, they're doing it again, so that means, despite those that voiced their displeasure <laughs> with it, they're not convinced they shouldn't do it. So, if they did it one time and got all that criticism and 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 said, "Well, look at all this criticism," we're gonna we won't do that again. But they clearly feel it's worthwhile. And like I said, these are somewhat. T- somewhat trivial things to quibble
1: about. Yeah, I mean, the most important people that need to watch the games can still see it. I mean, I need to see the game to to watch the game so that I can sound competent on post-game, but I'm not going to complain about something like that. You know, Joe can deal with it for two minutes. The game will be back, I promise. You can also listen to it on radio.
0: Always. Brian Barnard will bring you Illinois football tomorrow on radio, but first he will bring us his notebook, and that is Next. I've been telling you for the last couple of weeks about CU under construction and what they can do for you if you need to replace your roof. But they're also uh, starting to do solar installation on roofs here in town as well. And uh, you may have liked the idea or you're maybe curious about the concept of solar. I am too. I got to sit down and listen to what all is involved in that. And I encourage you, just they, they handle it in a nice way uh, and a very upfront and they do when you when you when you go to talk to see under construction about solar installation on your roof they walk you through the process there's a lot of questions that come up i had many questions how does it get installed how does it work what are the energy savings i can get how does, uh, how does the financing for all of this work? There's a lot of questions. They walk you through it very patiently, very courteous, very professional in a low-pressure situation as well. Solar is becoming more and more popular around here. If you're on the Ameren grid, they can help you out. And, again, it's just a simple, informative thing. And I recommend them from how they handle their, their, their workmanship and all that, but just the way they're doing their customer service as well. See you under construction, now doing solar. So just head to their website, see you under construction you can fill out a contact form there and someone will be in touch with you real quick to learn more see you under construction building better together you're listening to sports talk on dws
2: hey illini family it's illinois volleyball coach chris thomas we'll see you tonight at huff for a match against purdue and catch every point right here on new stock 1493.9 fm
0: on a funky Friday and an Illini Friday, it's time for the Illini Notebook here on Sports Talk. Scott and Evan with Brian Barnhart, the voice of the Illini. His notebook brought to us by Guido's, Jupiter's, Billy Peruse, and Seven Saints. You've seen it happen, so you know it can happen, mm-hmm. but it's been a while. Illinois can win in Wisconsin in football. 'Cause you've seen it happen, right? I did see it happen. <laughs> you've seen it happen yeah. once. It was a good One luck. time. How long have you been the voice of the Illini? Uh,
2: twenty it was twenty my first year they won <laughs> up in Madison. <laughs> and thought, Oh, this is you know, this will happen more as we go along. That was turned out it hasn't.
0: That was the year after the big win here at Memorial yes. Stadium yeah. with, the, with the Brandon Lloyd catch and yeah.
2: the sugar yeah. bowl run. Yep, 0-2. We beat him up there again. And then haven't won up there since. Um I'm trying to think if it was even we've had games a couple of times we were in front for a while but most of the games have been pretty lopsided in Wisconsin's favor yeah uh, of course two years ago we had the COVID game where there was nobody there and it was cold and empty and again Graham Mertz went 20 for 21 or something <laughs> ridiculous like that and uh, looked like the Heisman Trophy winner he hasn't really been at that level since and uh, and then the, the, two years before that we were up there and during the course of the game we had sunshine and we had a snowstorm and uh, it was a blizzard. We had to like four different weather conditions in the span of the three-hour yes. game. It was very strange. Uh, Quan Martin talked about that in the show the other night, how he remembered that. <laughs> it was one weird weather situation after another. Well, yeah,
0: the television cameras were starting to get blurred out and, mm-hmm. and everything. It was mm-hmm. weird things happen in Madison. Yeah, That's just <laughs> how it is. Yeah.
2: It's a great old place, though. Oh, it's yeah. It's a great old stadium, and uh, fans turn out. Now, I remember the days. I'm old enough to remember when they – they weren't drawing that well they just weren't very good Illinois had a long stretch I think Wisconsin's won 11 of 12 recently we were in a stretch similar to that throughout the 80s into the early 90s before Barry Alvarez arrived we won 11 out of 12 so you know and so Wisconsin's been very very steady very consistent and I think that's what Brett Bielema is trying to establish here is some kind of consistency because Wisconsin is the 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 role model for that
0: yeah But they have been. The fan base may tell you otherwise right now. They're a little antsy. And (laughs) losing at home to Washington State Mm -hmm. was troubling. They got blown out last week to Ohio State. That's going to happen.
2: yeah. The Washington State game was they just – their game with Washington State was a lot like our game with Indiana where they did a lot of really good stuff up and down the field, but they coughed it up in the red zone a couple of times. They missed a field goal that would have tied it. They had opportunities – and they didn't take it, and Washington State won the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. So their they're loss, they have a loss like we do with Indiana, where you're like, now how did that happen? You know, Because they did everything else but win the game. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff tomorrow morning, and our
0: coverage will start at 8 a.m. with of Pella's Saturday Sports Talk.
1: We keep kicking it around I, for the last week now, right? The last game was last Thursday, and I think it was in the post-game show. Scott was wondering if this game is the biggest game of Brett Bielma's tenure. Mm. And, and I just think it's... It, it, it is a, it's the stepping stone to building momentum right if you if you want to win the next one you you got to get this one right and i I don't know. I think it depends on what happens in that Iowa game, whether this one builds that momentum, and you kind of have to get this one, and if there's anything, Illinois's got the the motivation and the upswing, right, because they're coming off of a a dominant win, whereas Wisconsin's really licking their wounds, because even though it is Ohio State, it's a 30-point loss, and that can't sit well with them.
2: I I like to look at it. It's it's probably the biggest opportunity Mm -hmm. for a win. since Brett Bielehm has been here, and for probably several years, where you've got some momentum going, here's an opportunity to take another step up and get the attention of the Big Ten and get the attention of the polls and the people like that that watch college football, because we haven't been on their radar for a long time. And I think Bob or somebody had the stat, we haven't been in the top 25 since the Purdue game in 2011 Mm -hmm. was the last time we were in the polls to even be thought about. So I think... I would classify it as that—that that it's yeah. the biggest opportunity game. And 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 Evan, you're right about Iowa. Then the yeah. Iowa game becomes another step. If you win this game in Madison, yeah. uh, then you got another step you can take to beat a team that's also dominated you in recent years.
0: Well, and we were talking about this yesterday, Evan. You know, is I mean, what is Wisconsin this year? They're they're trying to prove the hey we we haven't fallen back mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm to, quote, Illinois' level, and Illinois is trying to prove we have come up to Wisconsin's level or even surpassed it, and, and Iowa is a big question mark uh, because they're, they're not scoring, but they have a stout defense, and Minnesota looks like the toast of the Big Ten West. So if you somehow come out of these next three games, mm-hmm. winning two of them at least, my goodness, you kind of put down a marker and said we're with the bulk of the pack here in the Big Ten West. Yeah,
2: I'm not sure we're at this point yet, but I will remember that the 0-1 team, the one that went to the Sugar Bowl, kind of snuck up on people. I mean, they had had a couple of you know they were in the one bowl game in '99 and then 2000 and then 0-1, and here they are, and suddenly they're playing for a Big Ten championship. 0-7 <laughs> was kind of the same way. You kind of kind of snuck up on you, and all of a sudden, wow. We're we're competing. We're beating Ohio State. Suddenly, you know, things are happening. So, I don't know if we've reached that point yet with this team. But a win on Saturday would I think do that, where it's like they kind of sneak up on you, and then that gets the momentum going for bigger crowds if you can do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of what's your feeling? Just uh, you, Wisconsin. They have a good running back in Braylon Allen, and they it's mm-hmm. always been their bread and butter. And here they're trying. You know, that they the front page of their notes points out. Hey, we're balanced in our offensive attack under Bobby Ingram, for his first year they have gone 885 for passing, 847 on the ground. Illinois mm-hmm. similar, similar in, in in the in the balance. Uh, both have good to great defenses. Both have good running backs. Both have first year offensive coordinators. What gives here? Yeah. Besides no. the, besides that home field factor for for the Badgers.
2: Yeah, that's usually worth three points at least. Uh, and and Which they've would got be a, a field goal you know, by the way. And they've got a they've got a great crowd up there and they'll do the jump around and uh, you'll you'll feel the stadium shake the the press box shake when they do it it's pretty cool but yeah I, I, the game like when you're when everything's kind of even like that uh, then it comes down to turnovers i mean it sounds cliche but it really is yep. a block punt you know you miss a field goal that's what cost him the washington state game or at least a chance to go to overtime so it usually comes down to a couple of th- plays like that and we'll see if Illinois can win, be up in those plays when they happen. Because I know, you know, Caleb Griffin has made some field goals, but he's missed some. You know, we've had some field position. We gave away, Uh, Brett Bielema, we talked about this uh, on the show the other night, but about yards, hidden yardage that we gave away in the Indiana game early in the game. Poor punts, giving them field position. All of that stuff adds up in a game like this where you might have a shot to win it. You got to be perfect in all those, I think.
1: And I think you could throw out last year's game or or try to—can't use it as a comparison because, as you mentioned, that balanced attack. Remember last year, coming off of a 200-yard performance, Illinois ran the ball 13 times. Mm -hmm. They just abandoned the run, and they put it in the hands of two unproven quarterbacks, and you saw what happened. So from from an offensive standpoint, it is going to be tough to score against Wisconsin. But I I imagine this year they might run it more than 13 times.
2: (laughs) I would think so, yeah, with with Chase and— um, you know, it's too bad McCray's not going to really be available uh, for the game, so at least for this week. Yeah, I know. I think Brett talked about that yesterday. So, yeah, that's that's too bad. But I, you know, you got a guy like Brown, you got to run him, <laughs> run him right at him, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I think Illinois proved, and I think Chattanooga's strategy. Now I, I get it. Chattanooga's defense is a little different than Wisconsin's, but their strategy was to box up Chase Brown and not let him go wild, and we just went around him with the passes to the perimeter and Isaiah Williams and Pat Bryant getting open. And so hopefully we can do some of that if they decide that, you know, if they're able to stop Chase Brown, then how else are we going to do it? Because that's how teams basically beat us last year was, you know, they figured out, hey – We're going to stuff the box, and you beat us with your throwing. And I think that's what we saw with the RPOs coming in Mm -hmm. last week because
1: they're going to be running a lot more of those as we get into the Big Ten. Teams are going to be stacking the box, and okay, that'll work. You you Mm -hmm. can try to get Chase Brown, but we're going to roll out, dump it to Pat Bryant, and he's going to run off for 76 yards. Right. I was reading uh, about why some of these
0: I guess we'll call it a model here in the Big Ten West of really big linemen and this is what (laughs) Illinois is trying to get to really you know the, the quote this week was mean nasty linemen on the field is what Illinois wants especially an offensive offensive line because defenses have gotten smaller that is more nimble because they're trying to combat the the spread that's just mm-hmm. pervasive now in college football. Sure. Well, actually now if you go back to the old fashioned smash mouth, you're zigging when everyone else is <laughs> zagging again mm-hmm. and nobody knows how to stop the just the run right up the gut with bigger, mm-hmm. stronger guys, even though you're faster. So that's kind of how Wisconsin's built some of the the their success. And Iowa to a degree they haven't had quite the running backs that Wisconsin's had. And here's Brett Bielma trying to kind of thread that needle of what was built at Wisconsin when he was there, and and trying to copy that, but then also uh, bring in that balanced passing attack mm-hmm. and see if he can't uh, find his way to the top of the mm-hmm. Big Ten again. Yeah,
2: he mentioned he wanted to create an Illinois identity. Yeah, but a lot of the pillars, the foundational things, you can see at Iowa and you can see at Wisconsin. Yep, that look pretty similar because he's played and coached under some great coaches.
0: Yep. I mean you're a lot like your parents, right? right. But you're also different, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you want your own identity. Sure. Sure. All right. So we'll get your own very own individual unique Illini notebook here, Brian, and it's yeah. brought to us by Guido's <laughs> Jupiter's Billy Baroos and the Seven States. It's not your dad's notebook.
2: That's right. <laughs> My notebook. Uh Wisconsin offensively outscored Illinois State and New Mexico State 104 to 7. Okay, oh. and there are two wins. Uh you mentioned the balanced uh, rushing and passing. Since the current East-West divisions came in 2014, the Badgers are 37-9 and against the Big Ten West. Okay, that's where they built several of their <laughs> Big Ten championships. Illinois has one of those, right? A- along the way. One of those wins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, as far as the Badgers overall, uh, looking at uh, some of their uh, offensive numbers, Braylon Allen, 165 in the loss to Ohio State. Graham Mertz only had 94 yards passing in that loss. Of course, they never really got going. That game was over in about five minutes (laughs) uh, in Columbus. (laughs) Interesting. Paul Christ in his eighth year, 67 and 25 as the head coach of the Badgers. Bielema was 68 and 24 (laughs) during his time at Wisconsin. So that's interesting. Uh, Jim Leonard is in his sixth year as the defensive coordinator. One of the guys that Brett Bielema met with when he got the job at Wisconsin. Was told by Barry Alvarez to meet Jim Leonard and if you can sell him on what you want to do defensively it'll work and then he's a guy that some wonder if he's the coach at waiting
0: there at wisconsin
2: maybe yeah that would would make sense things go south
0: yeah and some rankled fans are ready for him to take over now (laughs) some
2: of the big uh, badgers coaches elsewhere uh dave aranda with uh baylor Mm -hmm. was at wisconsin craig bowl the wyoming coach who we saw earlier this year lance leopold was on the Wisconsin staff at one point. Now at Kansas, Dave Dorn at NC State is another one. So there's some big ones. Current longest bowl streak: Georgia, 25 years in a row; Oklahoma, 23; Wisconsin, 20 years in a row in uh, bowl games. So that's pretty. Think about that: 20 that's... straight years with bowl games. Um, Line I offensive outscored their opponents 113 to 32 so far this year. 38 to nine in the first quarter. Remember last year That's we a flip. couldn't score in the first quarter? Got that done. And in the third quarter, Illinois outscored their opponents 24-3. to Now the one area where they did get better against Chattanooga was in the red zone. 13 out of 19 in the red zone, nine touchdowns in the red zone so far for Illinois. And uh, Camp Randall Stadium is the uh, fourth oldest stadium in the country, opened in 1917. Okay, The only older ones are Georgia Tech, 1913, Mississippi State, 1914, and Cincinnati, 1916. Now, Nippert Stadium, they've remodeled a bit Yeah. in Cincinnati, but we were there before they remodeled it. It really is in a little band box there in the right in downtown, so uh, it's pretty and, interesting.
0: And uh, you can walk right up and watch teams practice, apparently. That's right, apparently, yeah. That's,
2: yeah, I saw some of the comments on that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Miami it, Dolphins as we. Yeah, it was kind of blown out of proportion a little bit. I know their play-by-play guy. I know pretty well Dan Horde, and he was talking about that on Twitter and said, yeah. "Well, here's here's the backstory a little bit. You know, we let them, they let them do this, and this happened, and somebody happened to be there, and then it got, you know, yeah. Oh my goodness, they're you know recording. So, so anyway, yeah. Well, there's not a lot of privacy there.
0: No, so football teams tend not to want anyone to film anything <laughs> well, they don't want
2: anything they don't want, any, they don't want yeah so oh, that's that's one big no-no we've learned like if uh if we're on the road and a team's practicing you do not go in to set up your equipment oh no while they're practicing <laughs> if you're the visiting team that's like a no-no oh no so, no you absolutely even not. though we're not going to be taping anything and i don't you're definitely you know, a spy you know oh, yeah. And,
0: but yeah i mean, <laughs> I mean I if mean, anyone we, was going to be a spy and get away with it don't you think it'd be Brian? Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yep. what you just said, he's not a spy.
2: Yeah, nobody. No, wants I suspected. would not would not do anything remotely close to that. Miles mannered Brian it. Barnard. yeah, no, Tolono. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're very protective of that. So. Not so, and with good reason. Yeah, so, I understand. That's his alter ego,
0: Barney Bryant. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> All right, sir. Uh, All right. Safe travels up, up, there. up there. Yep, We'll, we'll yep. catch up with you a little bit later and, and be there for tomorrow morning, bright and early yeah. in Madison. Are you bringing coffee? Donuts? Well, I think that's Ed's Bagels? job. Okay. Yeah. We'll get him to do that. Yeah. Thanks a lot. of okay. Notebook brought to us by Guido's, Jupiter's, Billy Brews, and Seven Saints. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS.